welcome to episode 10 of Connected Living uh, Podcast. Uh, it's episode 10 already, so it's incredible, although I have taken a few weeks off um, from, from, from recording anything. Sorry, I'm just moving about, to stop doing that. Uh, yeah, I've taken a few weeks off from re- recording anything on the podcast, just lots of things going on, a bit tired, um, so I, I, I thought I'd give myself a rest from it. I don't want to be resentful of doing stuff, so um, sometimes you, if you give yourself a rest and then feel refreshed and, and happy to to continue. Um, so here I am, happy to continue with episode 10. Episode 10 is um, all about building trust because we've learned how to connect with ourselves. We, had an exploration of ourselves and who we are and how we respond and react to the world around us and how we can manage that and understand that a little bit more, which has helped us then connect with other people. Um, We've explored sometimes the need for connecting with people that we wouldn't normally do because that is uh, more helpful to us as a human being, as, uh, as, as a member of the community, as um, a member of the workforce, as a leader. Sometimes we, have, we, we need to, um, that's a pressure word, need. Um, it's helpful for us to connect with people we wouldn't normally connect with, to hold hands with strangers. As I um, quote one of my favourite writers again, as I do most episodes, don't I? Brene Brown. Um, she often comes up, and she will today. Um, it, it, it will form the cornerstone of uh, this episode on trust and how to build and maintain trust, which is vitally important. To maintain those connections so you've you've connected to the right people you've made meaningful connections but how do you maintain those meaningful connections um, and that could be at work um, in your social life in your home life um, creating those meaningful connections you need to have and maintain trust that is the bedrock of all relationships is trust and I'm sat here looking at um, a, a triangle developed by you might have heard of him Patrick Lencioni he is uh, a writer on leadership and management um, again from America as, as many are and he wrote a book called the five dysfunctions of a team and at the bottom of um, the, this triangle, so the bedrock of all the dysfunctions within a team is absence of trust, followed by fear of conflict, followed by lack of commitment, followed by avoidance of accountability, and then at the, the pinnacle of the uh, pyramid, at the top of the pyramid, is inattention to results. But, but at the very bottom, absence of trust so that's where you start to have that meaningful 
long-term connection and relationship within a team um, and teams can be um, considered broad can't they so we can have lots of different teams that we that we use so um, so we're going to explore trust and we will in that process because trust as as he says Lencioni as, as trust sits at the bottom actually when we're discussing trust we will discuss this fear of conflict this lack of commitment this avoidance of accountability and that inattention to results all um, form part of that trust so no doubt we will sort of um, explore some of those avenues as well I think um, and to do that um, to explore trust I want to use I think I mentioned it in a previous episode I I, I want to use um, Brené Brown's braving acronym Um, I'm going to use it fairly loosely I think uh, and attach different things into that but I'll use that as as the um, as the structure for the episode so um, we'll start off by looking at how we um, maintain and build boundaries so how do we create that um, predictability in ourselves that stability within ourselves so we're creating those boundaries um, attached to that stability and um, predictability we'll look at um, how to be reliable how to maintain reliability then um, that builds on that and it sits with uh, lack of commitment to some extent we're going to look at account and avoidance of accountability we're going to look at how, how accountable you are and how um, how to hold each other to account and as long as ourselves to account and we'll explore what that means accountability um, the V is is vault so that's um, holding people's confidences um, a lack of uh, gossip so that, uh, often I find that there's a bedrock of trust is one of the most difficult things that we we encounter and then um, the next part will be looking at integrity which is again it's about that commitment and, and accountability as well um, to doing the right thing um, so we'll, we'll look and explore about doing the right thing being in non-judgment, not being non-judgmental. Um, there's a very clear def- uh, distinction between um, not being judgmental and being non-judgmental. And I think um, it's, it's important to recognise the fact that we all judge and judgment is something that we do on a regular, continuous basis. We judge and assess we judge and assess constantly so it's it's about holding being outside of that judgment which is more important and then finally we'll look at how we can be generous and often that's the most difficult part of um, of the acronym and the most difficult part of um, trust is having a generosity of spirit and so we, we explore um, the concept of that and I have talked about it previously that is everybody trying their best so that's episode 10 so I hope you enjoy grab yourself a coffee um, get yourself a pen and paper you might need it and I'll 
speak to you in a moment. So let's start with um, with, with the uh, with, with the acronym of uh, braving um, from the wonderful Brené Brown, um, and and we'll 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 start at the beginning. We'll start with with B for boundaries, and as we do, I might sort of bring in some of the elements of Lencioni's work um, just just to help uh, explain a few things. We might bring some other other bits and bobs in as well, but. As as I said, that uh, trust is the bedrock of that of that relationship, um, any relationship that that you have uh, developed. So any connections that there may be, trust is at the very bottom of that, and everything is built up from that trust. So if you if you're working in a team and you're creating connections with other teams, trust is essential. Um, we were talking about it um, the other day at work as we are um, traveling headlong and probably right in the middle right now of uh, the, the second wave of, of the coronavirus pandemic um, and where I live in Hull is particularly um, badly hit at the moment so um, as, as the, um, the pandemic waves through the the city, the country, Hull is um, at the moment. Um, Hull and East Yorkshire really is is quite infectious. So there's the infection is 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 moving quite rapidly through the through the area. Hence, we are seeing um, an increase, quite a rapid increase in our activity in the hospital where I work. Um, the the job that um, that our team is doing is is looking at staff support. And this is one, um, so it requires um, us as organisational development practitioners and coaches to create connections with people, to create connections um, with uh, with teams, with teams that we might not necessarily know that well. So we've got to create those connections quite quickly to provide some support for, for some of these teams in these COVID wards and um, the wards around and, uh, and about the hospital and the d- other departments that feed into the wards uh, which which are vitally important and they're, they're feeling the pressure they're, they're, they're struggling um, I wouldn't say they were they, they're getting on and doing their job and they're doing an amazing job but this is you know we've been working hard since March and this feels really quite difficult at the moment so when that happens, people start to creak a little bit, don't they? And um, it's 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 a it's a struggle for for us. So we're going around and offering that support, so we can keep people on that even keel. But if I just turn up to a a team and um, knock on the office door and say to the manager, whether that be the ward sister or the department manager, I've come to provide support, how are you all? First thing that they're gonna say to me is if they don't know me and trust me, is, oh, we're fine, thank you. We're, we're doing just fine, thank you very much. Because they would. 
because they're professional and they need to get their job done and they don't know me or trust me. So they're not able to show their vulnerable side to me because they don't know me from Adam. So I have to build that rapport with them. I have to build that trust. So that's not the first thing that I would ask is how, uh, how are you? Do you need any support in your team? It's the first thing to do is to create the rapport, to create the trust. Um, and uh, there's, there's a real simple process that I picked up from um, Insights Discovery, which is a, a company that we use um, in the organization for our um, profile. I think I talked about it earlier. Um, it, it, it uses Carl Jung's um, theory of persona. One of the little tips that they come up with is, is how to create a relationship, a, a professional relationship. Um, with with people you don't know how to build that rapport to create a trust and the first thing you do is is the rapport building is the conversation um, the gentle sharing of social norms so a little bit about each other get to know a little bit about each other just what you do where you're from what you what your interests are everything but it's very light social rapport building be prepared to listen and understand. And then ask them about themselves. Ask them to tell you a story, invite a story from them. And that's the process that we're at with, with some of our teams. We are, we've built that initial rapport and now we're hearing their story. Um, I, was doing, I was doing some work with, with, with a ward manager um, the other day and that's exactly what we did. We had um, a chit chat conversation and then I was, she was prepared and wanted to share her story. From that story came some things that we could do, that we could look at and explore from a support perspective, from supporting that manager and supporting the members of her team. Something that I would never have got from her had I not built that trust through building the rapport. So that's a very quick and easy way of creating that trust and rapport with, with somebody. But that's not gonna last for long. That's only gonna last a very short time. Um, if I want to create a meaningful connection with that team, now I'm in, now I'm beginning to hear that trust because they, they've heard some of my stories, I've heard some of their stories. I'm, they know I'm willing to listen and to continue to listen. I now need to demonstrate some of the BRAVING acronym. So we'll first start with um, boundaries, as I said, about five minutes ago, and then got sidetracked slightly. Boundaries. So it's people being very clear about, so people knowing about what your boundaries are, what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do be very clear up front about what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. So people get a very clear picture of who you are and what you're prepared to do. So um, in that relationship, I'm prepared to listen to work. I'm prepared to listen to work-related conversations. I'm prepared to listen to, to social uh, 
conversations, social issues that they might have, home issues, because they're all connected to their body of work, which which is you know caring for patients. That's attending to the individual in front of me to be able to, so they're able to continue their work. So that's part of the boundaries. I'm willing to hear all of that. I'm not willing to get into um, gossipy conversations. I am not prepared to solve their solutions, solve their problems for them. Um, I am not prepared to hear bad language. I'm not prepared to uh, to hear them complaining about managers and um, individuals. So there's my boundaries. I'm very clear about those boundaries. And often what I'll do is when I'm developing a relationship like this, a professional relationship like this, is we will state that in the um, in the contract. This is what I'm prepared to do and to listen to. This is how I will behave, because that's also in the boundaries section. This is how I will behave. How do you want me to behave? So you're hearing about their boundaries as well. And that's a very formal setting where I'm in, in, a, in a professional sense, but I might do that in a social setting, but not as obvious. But you, you make it very clear. So when something happens that you don't like, you say, I'm not keen on that. I, I won't accept that. That's not who I am or what I represent. So please don't do that again. And if you do, I'll have to either stop seeing you and talking to you or, or we'll have a, a further conversation which won't be as pleasant. Yeah, so you create a boundary. People, if people, once people are clear about what's, what's acceptable and not, what's not acceptable, it makes people feel comfortable. And as long as you're hearing what their boundaries are and you're willing to accept and respect their boundaries that's just as important so I, it's something that I use very much in a, in a professional setting because that helps that build that trust so boundaries are vitally important um, and we need to keep uh, keep those boundaries constantly so we mustn't move them we mustn't shift them because we are afraid of offending or, or shift them because we don't want to say no if our boundaries require us to say no, we say no because it would take us beyond our boundary. It's about being very, very clear about that, as well as having them. You have to keep them and not keep shifting them because that makes people feel uneasy and unwilling to trust you. letter in in the acronym is is R. Uh, it's reliability so I'll, I'll be quite quick on this one and I, I think what I'll do is I'll move straight on into accountability straight after it um, so reliability is often very very connected to to boundaries and to accountability from the other perspective as well but it's basically turning up when you say you're going to turn up and when you turn up and doing something you're consistent so you're consistently doing the same thing. You're, you're consistently su 
supporting them or listening to them in the way that you would do normally turning up at the time you say you're going to turn up if you're going to be late put in a process that allows them to know that you're going to be late uh, if, you, if you can't go for whatever reason you give notice to say you can't go you just not, don't not turn up because the trust in you evaporates immediately if you're not turning up and again that, that fits into your boundaries so if that happens to you do you accept that so when if this connection that you have this relationship that you have with somebody if they consistently turn up late or they don't turn up at all what does that say in your boundaries what are you telling them in your boundaries so that's why they're connected the reliability is connected to boundaries in that that respect um, so I don't think there's much more to say about reliability turning up when you say you're going to turn up and do what you said you were going to do don't confuse people by doing something that isn't what you said you were going to do easier said than done sometimes to so be very clear about what it is you're going to do and how you're going to do it and then do it that way accountability so it's the next letter being accountable this is a two-way um, conversation two-way action so to speak within the within the building of trust so being accountable is is inevitably things will go wrong inevitably we might overstep our boundary or we might not be consistent with our boundary we might because of something that's happened be unreliable in a moment or get think or just get something wrong we all make mistakes don't we we all we all intend to do the right thing but sometimes we don't do the right thing as we talked previously when we were talking about the uh, your persona is that we're paradoxical aren't we we intend to do the right thing but do the wrong thing when we do the wrong thing when we make a mistake when we are momentarily unreliable we acknowledge that that has happened we put our hands up and say it was it was us I did that I am sorry that happened and I'm going to make amends for that I'm going to do something that will rectify that because that was wrong that's being accountable and that's very different from being less of a person from being a bad person because you've done something wrong doing something wrong does not make you a bad person does not diminish you I think we talked about that previously you've got to, you separate your who you are with your actions when actions go wrong you show accountability when you're guilty of something 
you show accountability, you make amends, you pay the price, and then you move on. And that's, if you're doing that consistently, people will trust you, will trust what you have to say. And here's the two-edged part of this. So if you're going to be accountable, you have to allow others to be accountable too. So when they make a mistake, you will give them the time and the space to say what they've done, to apologize and allow them to make amends. So you have to be open to accountability as well as being accountable. And it's, it's sometimes it's about what is those amends? What, what do they have to do to make amends? And that's really important that that is done between the two of you or the, or the team, that it's not arbitrarily set by the one person, that it's agreed what's correct and what's proportionate. Because if we're making amends that are disproportionate, then that can erode trust too. So if one person, and this is the reliability and consistency, isn't it, I suppose, as well. So if one person does one thing wrong and gets a certain sanction, and then another person in the team, who may be less popular, has a much harsher sanction for doing something very similar, then we've got that problem of reliability and boundaries, haven't we? So it's important when we're being accountable and allowing others to be accountable that what we do to rectify that accountability is proportionate and agreed. So there we were, we've covered two, two more letters. So we've got B, R and A now. So we've just covered reliability, turning up, doing what you, you said you were going to do. And when it doesn't work out, owning up to it and putting it right. So again, let's let's whip through a couple of letters uh, here. So we've got V and I next coming up. So um, if we we're going to continue with the um, raving acronym. So V is the vault. Um, for me, that's uh, being um, being confidential um, in some respects. So showing confidentiality when you're talking to somebody, um, you, you're holding their confidence. Uh, so there be certain elements of that conversation that are uh, that are owned by them. And I think this is the important thing here. It's it's owned by them. I will only share what's owned by me, or that I have permission from the owner to share. That's the, that's probably the easiest way to describe the vault. Um, and that means that we have to consider what we're doing when we're gossiping. 
when when we've when there's a juicy bit of gossip that we've heard about an individual or a member of another team or or the, or some the couple that live down the street that might not be part of our circle and we've heard something exciting and interesting and we want to share it or it's something that we've heard about a celebrity in the news and all oh, it's all exciting stuff is that ours to own and share and if we are sharing little snippets of gossip about somebody if you are considered the team gossip or the village gossip then how much trust do the people around you have of you so it's an important one to consider because we all like a bit of salacious information don't we so um, that's it interesting to consider and it's it's quite difficult to um, to to always put into practice so and if that doesn't happen remember we've got accountability just above so when we do slip and we do um, as we will do because we are human beings um, have a little gossip about somebody is when we notice that we've done that isn't it better to be accountable for that especially within our teams that we um, that we do that and we, we show accountability for it and then um, I integrity so showing integrity working with integrity being integral um, that, that I suppose is it is doing it's not I suppose it is doing the right thing when there is a quicker easier way of doing things and the most important aspect of this, I think, with when you're building relationships, and this is very much so um, at the moment where things are stressful um, and people, um, for inexplicable reasons, suddenly become distressed, suddenly start crying, um, and you're not understanding why and we're busy and sometimes it's easier just to walk by isn't it but working with integrity sometimes is noticing when somebody's in distress and somebody's upset and stopping and pausing for a second and putting your hand on their shoulder uh, metaphorically at the moment obviously and just asking them how are you is there anything I can do? Do you want some company? Sometimes it's all they need. Sometimes some people need is somebody to know that they are that someone's there for them, that someone is willing to hear them and listen to them. Even though they were busy and they needed to get something done, it was easier for them not to notice that you were there but they showed integrity and they did the right thing so ah do you have integrity all the time and can you practice showing that integrity and as I'm talking about that I'm just going to do a just a quick sideways um, bit of a conversation because I've just put up um, something I found on the King's Fund um, in 
LinkedIn page. I shared it on on, on Twitter this morning. Um, it's it's very much for nurses and midwives, but um, it's the core work needs. But actually, uh, these core work needs, I think, us us they come from um, the social needs, human social needs. I think it's, it does come from that, and and I think it's um, it, it's applicable to everybody in a work setting, and in many aspects, a um, a social setting. Uh, and they, they call it the ABC framework for nurses and midwives core work needs. So the A is autonomy. Um, so having that freedom of space, and I think this is this is where it comes from that integrity. If you're a leader and being uh, and showing integrity and working with integrity, is allowing this to happen in in your team. So uh, and it will also fit with one of the other letters that I'm that I'm coming up with later with, with um, generosity and this autonomy. This is. Um, do the people you work with and the people around you and the people you know do they do they feel empowered do they have influence are you prepared to listen to them or do you not listen because it's quicker and easier just to tell them what to do remember when we were talking about the ask tell continuum uh, a few episodes ago um, this very much sums this up this this um we all need autonomy we all need to feel that we can make decisions and influence what we do and what happens around us and what happens within the team we work we also need to know that there is equity that everybody is safe within our team within our group of connections and it's fair what's happening is fair so equity and fair not equality equity so what's right for you and what's right for you might be two very different things but are we giving you but is the opportunity for both of you to be able to meet your needs even though they're different and that's equity and fairness. So everybody gets the fair crack of the whip. It might just be different for different people. Yeah. So if, if there's equity and fairness in a team or in our in our relationships, it works better to that level of autonomy. Um, that we have the right resources to do what we need to do. So and that's part of that that allows you to be empowered and and have influence to be able to make decisions if you've got the right information and the right equipment to use. But you've got to feel that you belong. And this, again, comes to that integrity and comes to the non-judgment, which is coming up in a second. Um, so we've got to belong. And belonging as well is also connected with Lencioni's five dysfunctions when he says that fear of discourse, that fear of conflict can be a big issue. If you feel like you can't have conflict with them, you fit in rather than belong. What's important is, is that we belong in our teams, in our, in our networks of people, so we can work effectively together, but we can also have discourse because we trust each other, so we can argue. 
when I was talking the other day to um, a ward manager and she said there's lots of lots of talking lots of bickering going on lots of discussions and well, I pointed out to her that actually that's a that's a sign of a strong team that's a sign of a team that trust each other a sign of a team that, that that wants to do the right thing that's passionate and they belong in that team and belonging in that team is be able to own what you believe and what your values are and share them with people around you even though they might not see it they might not see that value or understand it but being able to discuss it and argue about it without losing sight of the fact that you are still a team is so important we are all together even when we disagree just because I'm not with you doesn't mean I'm against you and we, we in our in our connections with each other in our building that trust it's really really important that we're able to belong so the people that we connect with are, are very clear about who we are but love us and accept us just the same even though we're not quite the same as them because we have that shared vision of where we need to go we're just going to come at it from different angles that's really important when we belong so allowing belonging and making sure that um, we're working with that within our integrity is, is, is vitally important and again that comes down to contribution is everybody having a go is everybody being able to contribute to the body of work that you're you're doing or, or or the social activity that you're taking part in so can everybody contribute to their abilities and this will come we'll talk about this in a minute with the with the with the generosity as well not everybody is going to be as able as everybody else in that in a particular task but everybody is able in something everybody can do something wonderfully well they won't all be the same things and they might not always be completely necessary in the team at that moment but that doesn't mean it won't be necessary at another point so that's allowing for the contribution of everybody within your network or team working with that integrity again is doing the right thing so if somebody doesn't fit with your idea of how it's going to go does that mean that you don't hear them or listen to them because if you're working with integrity you'll do the right thing and the right thing is allowing their contribution to work so autonomy belonging and contribution fit really well with creating a, a trusting network and trusting connections making sure everybody has autonomy everybody belongs and everybody can contribute including yourself we all need all three and that to me is working with integrity the next letter uh, no I'm gonna leave the next letter to no I'm not I was gonna do another segment but we're gonna we're gonna power on through to the end to the to the conclusion and we'll um, so we won't have that nice little musical interlude between the sections on this one we're going to go straight for for, for non-judgment and as I said we judge all the time we can't deny our judgments 
but what we can do is we can hold on to them we don't have to act on that judgment always and this comes from me as a as a as, as an ex-nurse um, although I am back on the emergency register so I can suppose I can and somebody said say to me you can always call yourself a nurse you just that's who you are so as a nurse as a health professional non-judgment become is second nature to me I suppose as it is with lots and lots and lots of health professionals and lots of people that work in caring um, in caring industries will help first judge second that's it offer your support and help regardless of what's happened and what, what they've done don't we hold it offer it then judge then there might be some accountability later but in the moment when somebody's in distress or somebody needs support and help are you willing to offer it without judgment and as I say as a, as a nurse that that's the code as a, as a doctor that's the code as a physio as as, as an OT as a radiographer as a as a as a pharmacist as a pharmacy technician all of these jobs you offer your support and help first you judge second it's part of the code of conduct in all of those professions that's easy and I would then ask every health professional I know including myself are you willing to ask for help without judging yourself it's a much harder question to answer we're all willing to offer our support and help we're not always willing to ask for support and help if you're in a team and if you want to, there to be high levels of trust you have to be able to receive it receive the non-judgmental support without judging yourself as much as giving that support with without judgment to so ponder that ponder that thought for a few minutes maybe write some some of your thoughts down on that and we'll while you're doing that let's move on to um, the, the last letter of the braving um, acronym G for generosity again I was talking remember earlier when we were talking about the ABC um, the nursing and midwifery um, framework for work core work needs which as I say I think fits um, everything when we we're talking about generosity there's the this is if it fits perfectly as well the autonomy and the contribution I think um, fit perfectly within this generosity so if you're going to allow for people to have the authority and the influence that they deserve and need for their skill base and you're going to allow them to contribute and to be heard then you have to be generous 
with their abilities and it's that proposition is everybody doing their best and that's a really hard thing to consider I know um, I will do it myself um, and I'll do it I'll think about people out that that are in that work in the hospital I'll it's 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 easier for me to talk about um, public figures so our government our current um, cabinet and government at the moment that are, that are running um, the country in the United Kingdom that are um, negotiating Brexit whilst managing a pandemic I will find myself um, being less than generous towards what they're doing and I'm sure that I am not the only one I'm, I'm, I'm definite that I'm, I'm not the only one you read the paper you read um, social media it, it's there isn't it so I'm being less than generous I don't think sometimes that, that Boris is doing the best he can do but what if he is and this is this promise the premise is is it what not, not what if he is I know he is he's doing the best he can do I might not like it I might not think it's the best job that could be done but that's beside the point it's the best job that he can do in the position that he's in with the information that he's got with the knowledge and experience that he has with his view of the world that he has that's the best he can do if I think he could do better I've got to ask myself the question how can I help and support him to do a better job I can't I have no means to do that I have no experience of that so I need to calm down when being less than generous about him and the other members of his government however if we then turn that and think about the people we work alongside and we work with and sometimes what they're doing is not quite as good as you think it should be or somebody's gone off sick and you don't think there's anything wrong with them and we've all been in that position haven't we so we think that they are dialing it in swinging the lead not doing the best that they can do I doubt if that's true in fact I know it's not true I know that they are doing their best at that moment with what they have in front of them with the experience that they have with the world view that they have they're doing the best that they can possibly do it might not be enough so what can I do to help them get it better so what can I do to improve their best to improve their personal best at that moment what can I do to support them and help them it's a much healthier place to be people will trust you 
because you're not saying that it's good that what they've done is good but you're also not condemning them for being lazy or rubbish nobody is that deliberately sometimes people won't do as much as they could do because of something else that's happening and it might be that they don't love what they do they don't see the value in it they don't understand the reason why behind that so having that generous opinion of them then makes you explore and think about how can I help them get better do they need to know more about why they need to do it do they need to understand the motivation for getting this done and this is especially important um, at the moment and I'm just thinking within the NHS within every hospital in the country is currently and some some hospitals have done it already and we know we did it in the in the in the first wave of the pandemic we have to redeploy our staff we have to move people around the organization all the trusts all, all the hospitals all the organizations in the in the country having to move people around so they so we can deliver the right amount of care now if you've been doing one job for decades and this is the job that you do and you're good at it and you love it and you enjoy it and you can definitely see the reason why and then you're lifted from that job and put in another job that potentially is quite scary because of all the media coverage because of all the things that we're seeing on the television and it's quite scary for somebody and they can't quite understand because their job that they're doing is they're doing it really really well and then they're moved and redeployed it can feel like that they're not doing their job well they feel like the managers aren't doing their job well because everybody's not thinking being generous but everybody I will guarantee is everybody's doing their best and that individual that's being redeployed is trying to understand why trying to understand the motivation for it trying to understand where their skills fit some time spent by another person who's redeploying considering that they're doing their best but what is preventing them from doing better than that and how can I help them get better at doing that so they can go and do their job better it's it's a, it's a moment of of attention that needs to be spent with that person that will help them do their job better and part of that might be understanding the reason why they might be doing as best as they could do but they are doing their best is because they believe that the person that's told them to do it is doing a rubbish job because they don't fully understand that person's reason why so there's a conversation to be had about the understanding of why things are happening what's preventing this person from seeing that somebody's doing the best that they can actually do because to be honest as uh, Brené Brown said in a, in a podcast recently we're all doing this the first time she calls it the effing first time so not everybody's getting it right <laughs> because nobody knows the rules we're sort of changing them and making them up as they're going along so being generous and understanding that everybody's trying their best can help us help each other to get better at making it better and within teams that have done that it works 
teams that have had to redeploy or change the way that they work, where there's been that level of understanding from the leadership and from the team that everybody's doing their best, only not everybody's best is, is as good as it could be, so how can we help them get better? That has worked. And they're high-functioning teams. That's a guarantee. So I've, I've laboured on this one, on the generosity, because I think it's, at the moment, it's crucial. It's crucial for us all to understand that we are all doing our best. And when people hear that, they trust you and you trust them. Because I'm not condemning a person. I'm noticing that they are maybe need some support to get better. And that might be being somewhere else. I saw on the, um, on Channel 4 News um, a few months ago during the, the height of the first wave of the pandemic and it was a consultant in an intensive care unit somewhere in the country and he said there's some people that worked effectively for years in ICU in intensive care they've worked brilliantly in intensive care when this happened they couldn't do it and it's about us as leaders recognizing that those people couldn't do it so they needed to be somewhere else where they could do an amazing job and not here struggling because that's not good no good to anybody and I think that was such a wise wonderful thing to notice is that they are trying their best but boy are they struggling and it's they're finding it really difficult and actually we can we need them to be somewhere else doing an amazing job somewhere else and we need the people here that thrive in this environment that work well in this environment or can function well in this environment. Thrive is probably a strong word, but those that can function well in this environment need to be here and those that can't don't need to be here. They need to be somewhere where they can function well. And that's so important right now that we recognize that. And we hear and we listen and we, we use our integrity by spending that moment, that moment of listening and hearing what people have to say so we can understand them and help them get better, that small amount of time saves so much time and so much productivity later down the line when we've got people that are doing the job badly because nobody's helped them get better. So let's summarize. Episode 10's flown by. So we've looked at um, trust and how we can develop trust. As I pointed out, Lencioni describes trust as being the bedrock of a functioning team. And as we explained, teams can be becoming many, many different guises. And then we've we've looked at how we can maintain, develop trust using uh, Brené Brown's um, braving acronym. And then we've used. Um, that little core work needs framework, the autonomy, belonging, contributing. We've also explored how we can move and develop trust, and especially in a, a volatile, uncertain world that we're living in at the moment, where at the moment it feels a bit fraught. It feels a bit angry. 
because we're all tired and fed up and we just need to take stock and develop our trust with each other and be generous with each other I hope you've enjoyed this podcast I hope I please please um, please share it with with other people there's going to be one more episode in a, in a couple of weeks and that that last episode is 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 the so what episode I, I think that's what we'll call it the so what episode and in that episode we'll look at how we can take all of all of the other episodes and all the learning that's happened over the weeks as we've been on this journey we can take all that learning and actually make it real how do you turn that into action into real life rather than just an interesting podcast where Matt talks nice and calmly and makes me feel all relaxed that's great but how can you turn some of the learning hopefully that you've got there into reality into the real world so stay safe everybody and I'll um, talk to you in a couple of weeks.